Uh, it's raining. It's pouring. And uh, her booty juice is pouring in my mouth. Um, <laughs> oh. I guess uh, she likes it my way. Oh, but the truth turn, the truth hurts. But you know what? It is the simple things. Uh, don't worry. You don't have to call. It's okay, girl. Because I'm going to crease your seams tonight. Uh, before we reach the climax. Alright. Welcome to episode 157 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm yours, Clint Nelson. And yes, it is raining and pouring outside. Just side note. Uh, recording this at 9.43 p.m. Eastern on June 9th, 2022. Yes, I am back. Um, yeah, remember the whole two to three pods a week thing? <laughs> it's starting to become one a week. Boy's a busy guy, but I'm, try- I'm trying to get back on the horse. Um, it is my off day Saturday, so obviously it's pretty ideal. I almost didn't even get a pod in today because your boy has been so focused. Um, yeah, kind of like the Will Smith, Margot Robbie movie, which by the way, um, didn't really keep my focus when I watched in theater, probably because I invited a friend, lovely lady at the time, and she no call, no show. I guess she literally took, you don't have to call, (laughs) but let me tell you, it's not okay, girl. Uh, but yeah, I've been on the Usher bench. Uh, look, obviously I've, I've listened to Usher, you know essential my whole life. I'm a big R&B is probably my favorite genre of music. It's actually become my go-to workout music, which is weird because so many people like to listen to set curated playlists, whether it's on like Spotify and stuff where it's like hip hop workout playlists or just be some like heavy metal shit. And to me, I actually like a little bit of mid-tempo, the calmer music when I work out because Basically, that's the pace I go to. Like, I can't be sitting there listening to Slayer doing four-second pull-downs, you know, counting my uh, reps. Uh, because I do typically slow introverted. Oh, introverted. <laughs> Talk about, about hitting the muscle fibers. And boy, I've been uh, hitting the muscles. And uh, not really taking the fiber, even though I'm shitting and farting like a motherfucker. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I've been on Usher Binge and I, what I think, uh, curated it or what inspired it was his recent, uh, NPR, those tiny desk, uh, home type of, uh, concerts they do where it's just basically they'll have the artists in a stripped down. They may have like band members and stuff, but pretty secluded environment is just, you know, them playing their music in a more stripped down version. And man, I'm not like, I was like, you know, some, sometimes like we, we kind of lose track. Like we know, like Usher, Usher is obviously one of the greats. I mean, I wouldn't even just say R&B, but really just one of the great artists of the past 20, 25 years, you know. And then when you start like, typically when these, uh, like when the versus battles happen, right? Everyone looks back at the discography, like who would win? And we typically forget like how many hits some of these artists have and with Usher it was like yeah you know the people always remember Confessions but you look through the whole album like I, I listened to the top to bottom I'm like holy shit like I forgot I mean you got a bad girl ooh work me baby like in every song they're not just like superstar I can't hit the falsettos but I, I'm pretty false and oh boy I can Set the tempo. 
Um, just can't hit the high notes. Uh, but yeah, no, but we, we tend to forget. And I, I would argue, I think Confessions is the album. I honestly think it's a classic album of all time. Like when you really look like it's one thing to have an album top to bottom that's no skips. But when there are no skips and, you know, sometimes like albums are cohesiveness and like, you know, what, like, yeah, this is a full album. And maybe not every song is like a top 10 radio hit, but it works so well together and the songs work well. But like every song on Confessions is literally like if you look back at the billboard and stuff like that, like the rankings and radio, like they're all radio hits. On top of being in synchronization. Um, but yeah, like Usher's got, you know, the My Way, his My Way album, which was technically his second album, but it was like his breakout album. <laughs> you made me want to leave the one I'm with, start a new relationship with you. This is what you do. Uh, and then you got Slow, ni- then you got Nice and Slow, you got My Way, you got a. Uh, there's a couple other ones that I can't remember the names, but I was like looking back. But I, I think what these tiny desk home concerts do, and it's kind of like revisiting the artists that you're aware of and obviously know their music. But, you know, look, we, there's so much saturation in music and there's so much music that's made every day in songs that it's it's hard to, you know, like on the spot, like remember stuff. And like, then you look back like, holy shit, like. You remind me of a girl that I once knew. And there's just, there's always that one per- Sorry, I need to stop just, because now all these songs are just coming through me because I've been listening like crazy. It's weird, Usher being your workout music, but, you know, it's uh, pretty inspiring. You look in the music videos and be like, oh, that could be me. Touch my body. Uh, because looking back, like the music, it's like every music video, he just unnecessarily, like there, there was no point where he had to take his shirt off. It was, just, but they, you know, that's just, that's just that R and B music, you know, it was like show off the abs if you have it and stuff like that was probably, there was probably honestly an internal pressure to have to be in shape like that, to be an R and B artist, to be marketable. I'm not hundred percent sure about that. It just seems like all the biggest R and B artists, they, they, ha- they, they always have their shirt off in music videos, and I really believe a lot of that is there's probably a lot of pressure to be in shape. And the be marketable, the style, of mu- really the subject matter of music, because a lot of it is about <laughs> sex and love and, you know, and picking up girls. And, you know, you got to look the part to a mass audience type of thing. So, you know, but whatever, you know. But I, I think what these NPR tiny home desk concerts do is that it makes you revisit and have a deeper appreciation for the legends of, I mean, music in general, but especially specific genres of music. And it was like, wow, like, that's what it's made for. I guess that's what it's made for. I got it. Uh, cause if you just do it like this, babe, that whole song, that's what it's made for. That's like one of those, like revisiting, like, oh my God, I like, I completely forgot about this song. Then you start listening and it's like, this whole song is literally about, this is what condoms are made for about not going raw. And it's like, I got lost in the sauce. I know he, I know I shouldn't have gone raw, but Hey, you know, <laughs> I gotta make this confessions album, baby. Um, 
and then there's like this whole weird part when you're working out, like when it was playing, and I'm just sitting there doing chest flies or those rear delt machine or whatever. And then that whole like there's like this 45 to 50 second part where it's like this girl that's like it's not even the song anymore. It's just like this weird intermission part where the usher and this girl are just talking back and forth like they just woke up. It's like, come on, baby, get up one more time. It's like, oh, this is kind of weird to do. Mid- this kind of weird to hear mid set. Um, <laughs> come on, baby, give one. It's like, oh, I don't know. And it's just like talking in between. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought like this would be the weirdest thing if just my phone. You know, sometimes if you're in a room with a lot of Bluetooth devices, it can just automatically disconnect and connect to someone else's. Like, and I was thinking about what if in this gym, like the whole gym Bluetooth speaker, it just, for whatever reason, my earphones disconnected and then it just connect to the nearest Bluetooth device and it just went over the speaker and people are like, why is this guy listening to a porno <laughs> Why he's working out? It's like, hey, you know, get the stimuli going, um, which is kind of weird because it's basically like audio porn when you think about it, especially that song. It's like, that's what it's made for. But, man, the, those those runs. Can you do it like this, baby? Because um, you know what? That's what it's made for. And that's what, you know, I wonder, for the audience of this podcast, do you like this podcast my way? And I don't know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but that's what it's made for. Uh, please don't tell me because truth will hurt. All right, Clint. All right, but yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's been. But I, honestly, back to the subject matter, I, I do believe that stuff like this, like, it's one of those surprises too, because sure he, I mean, he still like features in songs once in a while, like he featured on a basically a Summer Walker sample of his song, you, the you make me wanna, make me wanna come through quarter after two. Let me run it down on you. Uh, and maybe like, but he's not like actively making albums and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure he tours and stuff, but he's not like out here like trying to, you know, make 40 song albums like Chris Brown. Um, and yeah, I just think, honestly, I just think it was like hearing the live performance like man you know he's so good he's not he still got it first of all and man his teeth are white as fuck i don't know if he's had like dental implants or whatever but man he that's a smile right there that's a smile like you might take my girl and i can't be mad because i can't compete with that i brush my teeth regularly but you know me you flossing you flossing literally and figuratively because oh you get that money. Um, <laughs> you make me want to floss my teeth. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, nah, I just thought that was some, um, yeah, I, I just thought that was really, something's pretty prevalent. And yeah, like I mentioned, your boy's been in the gym, really focused, working out. You know, I, I, I'm not, I know every podcast that talk about the gym but look the gym has become a pretty prevalent part of my life so if you hate the gym skip over to you stop hearing me talk about you know getting jacked um sorry for being motivational here inspiration um but i've been i've literally been working out every fucking day 
And for people that say working out every day is not good for you because injuries, it's only dumb if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. If you're literally working out the same thing at the same intensity every day, same body part, and you don't know how to eat, you don't know how to recover, you don't know how to stretch, which I'm very good at all that. So, but yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. This whole thing where you, people, oh, people don't care if you're in shape and stuff, really? Because the more in shape I get and the more visually prevalent it is, it literally feels different how people look at me and treat me. And I don't really care to be looked at per se, but in terms of like how people treat you, and it's also weird when guys at the gym like, or like they walk around you like they're, I don't even want to say intimidated because sometimes it's grown ass men, but there's, there's like this aura about you like, oh, when, when they see, when someone sees someone in the gym actually working out seriously, I'm not one of those crazy dude, but like, I'm very like. I don't really take a lot of rest in between. I'm just consistently boom, 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 boom. Just doing shit, doing shit, doing shit. I think when people say it, people are afraid to like approach you. People think you're like this weird like internal like don't fucking bug me. But it's actually just like, I mean, you can. I have my earphones in. It just makes it a little awkward. But it's like people walk around you like you're some king. It's like, uh, I don't know, just... You know, and I think when, especially when people that you see there all the time and they see you are visibly progressing, looking different and people take notice of that shit. And of course, you know, you get the looks from the ladies. I'm not trying to boost my own kaku here, but yeah, look, I like, I see it, but it's like, you know, I'm focused on my thing. I don't distract anyone. I don't interrupt anyone when they work out. But yeah, it's a uh, your boy's getting jacked, and I've been two scooping the pre workout. I'm not gonna lie to you, I've been two scooping it, not dry scooping, just two scooping. Add more water, all right? It's not that big of a deal. And when you're working out for two, two and a half hours a day, it's all right, all right? You take care of yourself, you I do enough cardio and shit, so I'm all right. But, anyways, but yeah, uh. I've been really in it, so by the time my my day's jam-packed, the first thing I do when I wake up is essentially drink water, brush my teeth, eat a little something before, get my pre-workout ready, and about an hour after I wake up, I'm out the door and go into the gym, and then by the time I go to the gym, a couple hours, whatever I'm doing that day, drive home, pick up my post-workout drink, drive home. First thing I do, me when I walk in, I make my lunch before work. A couple hours simply before work, I start cooking and stuff. Take off my clothes and stuff. Well, not too graphic there. But, you know, it's just gradually like easing into whatever, taking my nasty ass clothes off. Cooking, pre in the rice, blah, blah, blah. Go shower after I eat. And then basically, I may have 40 minutes to myself before I have to get ready for work. So, yeah, I haven't really had time. But by the time I get off of work, we're working a pretty extensive six-hour shift, constant moving and shit. Like, I'm pretty, I get home, I eat, and then I'm pretty tired, and I basically knock out. And I've thought about, you know, should I just, you know, should I just, like, uh, ease off from the gym and, like, and do my podcast? And my thing right now is I'm just kind of, like, I'm so focused on progressing my physic physicality for a lot of different reasons my health 
well-being. And honestly, it just feels good to progress in something and feel like you have control of your life again. But more importantly, I thought about, you know, is this interfering with the amount of times I do a pod in a week? And my thing is like, you know what? I'd rather come on this pod once, twice a week for the time being and actually have something to talk about and fit the pod where I'm not where it naturally fits in because I think when things naturally fit into what you're doing and embodies a schedule, I think I think you're more proud of what you're doing and you're not just doing something to fill the time in. So, you know, I just think uh, for right now, like I hope to put out more episodes on a weekly basis, but at the same time, you know, I can't promise it. I, I saw, I keep saying I'm going to promise you guys more episodes, but you know, I'm... If you're asking me to choose putting out more quote-unquote content or my well-being, I'm always going to choose my well-being. And I'm not one of these, oh, take care of your take care of your chickens and take care of your mental health first. Because it's not really about that, but it's more about, look, like, if I'm being productive in a day and I'm not able to get to this, that's okay. Like this isn't like it's not my it's not my kid. I'm not obligated. Like this this is a this podcast is a luxury to me. It's a bonus. It used to be a necessity, right? Like this podcast used to be everything to me. And it changed my life for a lot of different reasons. But as of now, like it's become more of a it's become more of a uh it's still most important. I just haven't done it as much. It's like one B to my health and shit, but yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, your boy's getting jacked on the pre-workout and, uh, the protein shakes, and I'm actually visibly seeing a difference, okay, so anyways, to, I don't really have anything planned for this pod, 18 minutes in, in case you haven't noticed, um, but there was something, I was sitting at a Dunkin', I was sitting at a Dunkin' about maybe five days ago, right? So I go in there before work, and I typically, my thing has been, I get a coffee before work. I just sit down, relax, drink it, you know, and that's my calorie consumption before I go to work, blah, blah, not that important. But then I'm sitting in the lobby. But in this corner, there's like seven, like, probably 19 to 20-year-old, you know, kiddos. Um... (laughs) But, you know, if there was ever a stereotypical group of 19-year-old, as people would say, woke liberals, and I don't even like using those terms, but if there was ever a stereotypical term for what that sounds like and looks like, what I'm about to tell you, just imagine that. Um, and I actually, even in real time, when I was sitting there overhearing this, I had to write this down because I'm like, I know I'm not going to forget, but I had to write down just to remind myself, did this really happen? Oh, I remember it was the day after 4th of July. It was July 5th. Well, because that's the day it shows on my notes, but also because it was literally the day after 4th of July, which kind of fits into this. So here was my notes I wrote. And imagine this girl when she's saying like, like, uh, yeah, like, like, really? Like, yeah. Um, here's my notes. Lady at Duncan, colon, because <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of shit coming out of this one. Uh, stereotypical young white girl. And I put this in quote, the American flag on a t-shirt is just so disrespectful. 
Just because it just is. And I put in parentheses as a note to myself, no real explanation why, like most people, just because it is. Um, and I want to be honest, like, I've never really thought about whether, like, and you can get into the history of, like, the American flag and the symbol, like, are right, yeah, like, whatever. I never thought about is the American flag on a t-shirt disrespectful. I never really thought about that because it's cloth on top of cloth because all the American flag is typically it's on cloth. It's on some type of fiber and then you're going to put on more fiber. So, you know, but I, I think, I think really what it did was they expound the worst parts of what someone who was just looking for ammunition of the hate young people and their thoughts on things. And it certainly didn't help. And I was just over here like, ah, Jesus, only if like a Ben Shapiro was here, Steven Crowder, like, I'll be like, ah, look, man, I can't even defend this one. And I, I'm not really into political sides anyways, but I'm saying here like, I just don't get where, like, th- this just seems like a reach. The, the When her explanation was just because it is, what about it is? No, seriously. What about, so is it disrespectful of any, everything that's put on a t-shirt? Because the way I was trying to understand, it's like, okay, so if someone has a picture, let's just keep it simple. Let's just say it's a picture of an American flag. It was like established 1776, which, you know, Independence Day, whatever the fuck. Um, American flag and all that. It's like, what about... A flag being on a t-shirt irritates you so much that after the 4th of July, you're like, you know what? This has got to change. Because you had no problem. So is it disrespectful if someone wears a bra or a bikini that's American flag themed? Is it really, if someone has a red, white, and blue of anything, is it kind of inappropriate in your eyes? I I was because even now as I'm thinking about like I've I've had I haven't really thought about all that much but like more like as I'm thinking about real time I'm just more like I'm trying to understand where where is this angst really stemming from and the worst part is everyone around like "Hmm, yeah yeah you know what it is it's not that they thought it before like you know what now that you say something it is kind of disrespectful it's so disrespectful and I just don't get where the so disrespectful. No, what's disrespectful, for example, would be, and it's actually legal, is if someone wears a military outfit and they've never served in the military. Like that's not just like that's not just wrong. It's actually you could legitimately go to jail for that shit. And it, it's so cringy when you see video. Like I remember I saw this one video where some guy confronted this bald bigger dude at the mall because he noticed something was out of place and he knew he wasn't one he's like oh so you would you serve in and he just starts saying some numbers at some infantry it's like oh really you sir okay oh where was the base and he say blah 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 like i don't remember every word but i remember the video and it's just so like cringy watch because you know the dude's asking the questions knows that the other dude is bullshitting and you know he feels some personal disdain because of someone who served 
He's looking at this guy and he's like, wow, you were so pathetic that you just want any type of honor from random people for something that you've never done. And that's not why military people wear their outfits. It's for pride. And it's not for attention. It's because most of they feel real pride into it. They feel real pride of some they've done and actually served and given to their country and community. While people are bitching about, in this case, I think it's a very small group of people, but people are bitching about, quote unquote, the American flag on a t-shirt, people have never given anything to anything, never given back to anything. I'm not saying I've given back to anything, but you're not going to see me bitching about what someone wears on their t-shirt. Since we're going to go the route of anything represented on a t-shirt can be deemed as disrespectful, which is kind of what I'm getting from this. So when you wear a t-shirt of a your favorite artist, let's just say Billie Eilish. That's a very common, it's a pretty big artist these days. If you wear a Billie Eilish t-shirt, is that disrespectful? Even if it's honoring how much you like Billie Eilish? Even if it's just a picture of Billie Eilish that says Billie Eilish on it. And if it's just a simple picture of a flag on a shirt with the date and says Independence Day, Freedom of America, whatever. Is anything that is simply represented on a t-shirt, is it disrespectful? I'm just so confused of the explanation from, and I think honestly, if we're going to be honest, I think these type of people that have these thoughts about things that are absolutely nothing. Because people that are actually, they're, they're fake advocates. They find things that actually don't really matter and actually don't really hold a lot of actually bearing in the grand scheme of things. That they focus on things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. To double down a point, to make it so small, to make it feel like they're brighter and they understand something that a lot of quote-unquote common people who don't care about these issues actually fucking uh shit what was like I'm sure I'm sorry I blanked out for a second there was a raindrop in between the raindrop but yeah they focus on this on that they they double down on such a small thing that really in the big picture doesn't mean a living shit because they want to feel like they're brighter than the sun. They want to feel like they understand something that the common quote unquote people who aren't these deep thinkers and don't think beyond the pell and don't think beyond what's on the t-shirt. They think that what they think is so much like everything's got to have a deeper representation. And sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes, you know, as uh, shout out to one of my uh, podcast collaborations that we did once at a shout out. It's never that deep. Go check out that podcast. It's never that deep. Um, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> it was like, but it's your fault, baby. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a topic. It's like, you know, it's really not that deep. It's like, well, you know what? If the glove don't fit. The glove don't fit. All right. Um, <laughs> It's not my fault you have a catcher's mitt down there. Um, <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's what guys do. We 
We make you feel bad for our inadequacies. You gotta love it. Oh, 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 you gotta love it. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, you gotta be careful with these. And to me, she's, she was a represent, she's a representative, representative. Cause just by all that, I can make the mass generalization of what she probably thinks about a lot of things and how clinical progressive she really thinks she is. And she probably has a lot of things about herself that she doesn't even realize that comes off as very disingenuous. Based off the way she was talking, how she was kind of displaying her thoughts about it, it turned me off in the sense that she seems like one of those fake advocates for things like, oh, I'm for this and for this because it's trendy and not because you had those beliefs prior and you just live by those beliefs, but you got to make sure everyone knows that you understand things. You understand, let's just say racism on a level that most white people don't understand when in reality, you probably think about racism so much because you have to check yourself on your own. Just a thought. Um, and when you truly aren't, when you truly don't have any real biases like that, You'd really don't have to think about that often because people in your life who would probably tell you like, mm, uh, they they have genuine understanding of who you are. And I have a feeling that she's not someone that actually has been around a lot of people of different races and cultures, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. Because of something as simple as this, you could tell a lot about someone. It's like, if you're wearing something about what, like, I hate to break it to you, in America on 4th of July, you're going to see a lot of flags and a lot of hot dogs. Um, and for you to be like, you know what, there's a problem with this. Well, you know what, you got a lot of people to go against. Alright, I'm not saying because you're going against a sea of people, but have you seen the movie 300? You you see what happens when 300 gladiators try to go against tens and hundreds of thousands of people throwing darts and fucking sparrows and shit at them? Yeah, it doesn't really end well. But you know what? What she sees, she sees the focus of the main Leonidas and all like the main group of guys who are like, they're being celebrated. Look how brave they are. And she thinks she's being brave. Ironically, on 4th of July, she thinks she's being brave. When she's never contributed to the actual freedom that actually, you know, gives you the opportunity to feel more of yourself than actually deserved. Um, isn't isn't the self-awareness beautiful? Um, oh, now we're potting. Clint's getting into it. And uh, as you notice, I'm actually not drinking energy drink. This is just water. Fun fact, I've actually, I haven't had one of those energy drinks in a while. You know why? Because since I've been on pre-workout, I'm like, you know what? Maybe these caffeine energy drinks late at night probably aren't best. And uh, yeah, they're probably not. Um, but hey, you know what? They gave you a lot of, whoo. Those are my drugs. You know, like, look, if I if I did a, I, I have one, I will make a promise to the audience before I get back to my rant about this girl. Is that I'm going to do a podcast on Molly one time. I don't know when. I don't know when. It's going to be a safer environment. Maybe with some friends. I don't know. Whatever happens on camera stays on camera. 
and to the world, I guess. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, one day, one day. Um, but anyways, yeah, back to it was her, you know, the thing that really like just raised my eyebrows. And I think that maybe really feel like I needed to talk to the, my audience about this. My audio audience specifically, because there's no video audience, but the audio audience is that the you gotta be careful with people that find problems in every little thing. And as you know, I, look, I could be I'm I'm not as cynical as I usually, but look, I, I I have cynicism in me. I think we all do to different extents. But I would say me more than like mm, you sure I'm all, you sure about that one? Um, it probably turns them off. Um, but when I hear cynicism and it turns me off, that's when I know you really, like you really have a lot of, it's people that find problems that aren't there and God forbid, and I can understand as you get older, why people don't want to be around cynical people. It's because they are going to find problems that aren't there. It's not because it's not just fun. Like, it's not just like lighthearted fun. Like, oh, you're driving with your gal. And then, you know, you're at a red light and then some person crosses the street when they're technically not supposed to. And then they're like, oh, only there was a, you know, imagine the privilege like whatever. Like, it's like, ah, shut up. But when you're around someone that all the time is just like, you know, I actually just don't think people should have flags on their shirts. Oh, actually, I don't believe you should. Uh, I, I don't believe that these lawnmowers do this. It's like, Jesus, shut the fuck up. It's not just annoying, but that is something that you're going to have to deal with every fucking day. Because it doesn't just come in lighthearted fun doses. It's not like being a cynic, like when you hear a comedian be a cynic like Bill Burr or something. Like, there's humor in it because there's self-awareness. And like, yeah, look, I know I'm being a jackass when I say this. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a self-awareness. Like, I know. Uh, this is just, I don't know why I feel this way. But I do. And I know I'm in the wrong for feeling this way. But then they say it anyways. And there's a relatable aspect. Like, yeah, you know, there are things I think where I don't know why I think it. But the worst part about these people is they truly believe that what they're saying is golden and that they actually believe that what they're saying is like the whole should be the whole unanimous thought process. And just as and it's it's just more of an epitome uh, uh not an epitome. I guess it's just more of a representation of what quote unquote people say of like younger quote unquote and I hate this term but woke generation where it's stuff like this where yes it gives the name quote unquote woke where it's like all right like I don't think someone being like hey you know what I'm not a big fan of school shootings I I don't think someone's being woke when they say that but when it's something like as a small minute dealer it's like all right I mean I guess you could think that don't actually be serious about when you say this shit. Like, at least say it in a humorous way. Like, at least say something like, oh, oh, must be nice to have a flag on your shirt. Really think you're, oh, must be for the independent bitches, huh? Ha, ha, ha. Not really funny, but all the women independent. Like, imagine someone had a t-shirt of, like, Destiny's Child and the independence flag and say July 4th, bitch. 
All my ladies, come get me. All your fingers in the air. I guess that's what they meant. You, you better carry big things if you know what I mean. I guess that meant the nation. Um, <laughs> because, you know, big flags. Um, <laughs> that's what they were talking about, big flags. When they say carry big things if you know what I mean. Um, but no, look. Look. Moral of the story is... Um, She's never, she, she, she has probably the most stinchiest of pussies ever. All right. Sorry to get graphic there. But anyways, yeah. You know what? Let's move on. I talked, I literally talked about that for like 18 minutes. Uh, just because it is, that's why it's a problem. Just because it is. Gotta love those type of people. Uh, uh, oh my God. You know, I'm actually looking up at my ceiling right now. And I don't know if I've talked about this before. But who the fuck ever thought that having a popcorn ceiling was actually... This is some people want to look. I, I think the popcorn ceiling is one of the things that we've become conditioned to look at. Because of how it's labeled. Really, when you look at it, like, as a looker, it literally just looks like a bunch of rashes on someone's legs. It looks like someone with, <laughs> looks like really pale, bad, bad acne. And I don't care, like, acne looks just different on someone of my skin complexion. It just does. Uh, it looks a lot, because then it gets red, it gets like, uh, like, I have some, like, acne on my legs from bites at a fucking public park that still are stimming. Some of it's kind of cleared, but it's still like, uh, whatever the fuck. And that's kind of like the popcorn, like, if they didn't, like, th- these people who do ceilings and walls for a living hard hardwood well it's not hardwood that's for but you know they do roofing and shit like that like plaster it's like you know you know part of the marketing is labeling and naming things what they are if they would have said the acne do you want a popcorn do you want a popcorn ceiling or do you want an acne ceiling and if they were to do like a focus group of two different focus groups and they labeled it, more people would choose the one that says, yeah, I'll do the popcorn ceiling. And it could be the same exact picture, same exact description, same exact price for what you would get for it. But if you put popcorn ceiling and baby zit ceiling, guess what people are going to choose? The one that's popcorn. Because you want know, popcorn, it's like, ah, we're watching a movie. Oh, we're chilling. But anytime you have popcorn, it's in a relaxed setting. You're sitting on a couch. And guess what? Guess where ceilings are? Above couches. All right? There's nothing where, like, well, you don't want to look up at a baby's, like, at a baby's fucking belly. You don't want to look up at it, like, oh, oh, look at the babies that's on top of the roof. This is like a bunch of mumps, a bunch of, like, chicken pox type of shit. Like, imagine they started calling shit chicken pox ceiling. Chicken pox wall. You notice how they don't put popcorn walls? Just imagine, like, just imagine your room you're in right now. And the whole, all four walls, or separated walls, depending on how your room is edged and curved. Um, just imagine the whole thing looking like popcorn. Like, imagine when you wake up, and you're just looking around. And you don't know if it's, like, one of those, the conjuring moments, one of those scary like one of those scary horror movie situations where a hand is going through a wall and you're like, oh my God, 
It's the ghost of Christmas past. And uh, it must be Christmas because we're at the movie theater and he's trying to get some popcorn. Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Well, why do they always show Space Jam? Why, well, like, how come on Christmas Day? Why are the movie theaters actually opened on Christmas? Why is going to the movies a thing on Christmas? I know it's not Christmas time, but now, you know, now that we're here, it seems like on Christmas, there's like the main places. I don't know. Maybe this is just a South thing. My thing is just an American thing. Now, where, where you live regionally may hit or miss. And stuff. But one thing I think is a national Christmas thing is like, we just feel like we got to leave the house, right? We got to do something once, like as a family in a big group. So we have to go to the movie theater. You know, probably go early in the morning. And they'll typically not play, like, movies that are currently, like, out. I mean, you could probably go see movies that are currently out. But they'll have, like, an old classic. Like, they'll have, like, oh, like, I don't know, like, uh, Space Jam, I know, was recently. But I think they kind of show that every year. Because it's not really a Christmas movie. But, you know, there's a Christmas scene where Bugs Bunny comes down and, like, Santa Claus. <laughs> well, actually, it was Daffy Duck. No, Fano. And then Michael Jordan's kids see see them walking and then jumping into the ground and shit. Going back to Looney Tune Land. Um, which isn't it pretty ironic how in Space Jam, you notice how the cartoon characters are actually more uh, seen as a human in the movie? Because really, when you think about it, are the. Because it's always looked at as the humans looking down the Looney Tune land. Why is Looney Tune land underground? Because isn't Looney Tune land... Does that mean it's really like the devil? Is it hell? Or really... Or... Is the movie really based off the premise and the POV of the cartoon, the Looney Tune land, onto... The world and Earth and America. I don't know. Just thought. Um, but yeah, no, like Christmas is one of these things where it's turned to we either do the movie theaters, we either go to some overzealous buffet, you know, where I live. It's like Golden Corral or the Chinese buffet. Nothing wrong with that. Um, or Waffle House, which I don't know who would suffer through. Going to Waffle House on Christmas Day. That has got to be one of the most miserable experiences. Like, that is not the gift that keeps on giving to... And we also got to think about the employees that work at these places. Because you know the number of places that are open on Christmas are reduced. So you know when people are like, let's just all go there. The number of options are... It can't even be spaced out. So everyone's cramming into these five fucking places that are open. And Waffle House is a very small fucking place. And the way their order of operations with no actual, like, computer system to put your order in, it's all word of mouth. It's all on a yellow piece of paper. you think they would advance, like, in their process, but, like, no, we got to keep old-fashioned. It's like, it seems like you guys are trying to be cheap while charging me 13 bucks for all-star breakfast. You know, where you just give me some dry-ass toast and some great fucking jelly and say, jam this in your mouth. Ha, <laughs> ha. Okay, clean. Cinnamon raisin toast. It's like, you know what? You guys haven't made me a good batch of scrambled eggs with cheese since my grandma worked there. You know why? Because she made a lot of scrambled eggs with cheese. Well, I'd be in the back watching The Jungle Book. Um, because, you know, she was on the job. I'm on that night job. Um, <laughs> but, look. Nah. <laughs> 
Uh, somehow I always fit a J. Cole reference. Uh, except uh, not many wet dreams in this. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, but it just seems incredible. Like, is 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 them playing twelve fucking NBA games on Christmas not enough for you guys? It's like, do you guys not know how to fucking just cook at fucking home? We we all just got to go out and do shit. We all got to go to the same fucking place. What, is being with your family not community enough on one fucking day in the year? So we just make people, which by going to these places at high volume, it causes these places like, well, if we're going to make money, hey, business is business. And... Like in the movie, th- like one thing that's like waffle and people are calling, well, we'll be very generous on Christmas. It's like, you know what else is generous? People just wanting the day off and enjoy Christmas themselves. Um, except, I don't know, maybe the Chinese buffet, you know, they, they, I don't think they celebrate Christmas. So to them, it's just another day in paradise. Um, but like Waffle House, like you know, like yeah, even if I guess if they're making bank that day, I mean, you know, all kudos to them. But you know, they're working three or four times more heavier load than the average busiest day, you know, they'll have in a week. And they're dealing with people in the holiday spirit. All because you want some fucking overpriced grits. Like you see them put the powder grits. You like make this shit at home. Put some salt in it. I don't know. But look, I don't know. It just seems like maybe maybe on Christmas we should do less. Maybe on these holidays we should do less. I I think honestly like I th- I think in other countries for certain like n- nothing is open. Not a convenience store. Not nothing. Because it's like hey none of this shit's gonna be open. So. Get the shit you need before this day. And if you can't make it through 24 hours without needing some fucking grape juice, well, you got your priorities out of fuck. The only thing that should be open every day of the fucking year is like the hospital and like fire stations and shit like that, you know, emergency services. Other than that, we don't need the movie theater open every fucking day of the year. And you notice how all these places are open. Is they're always with quote unquote um, low wage workers that we all of a sudden call essential when it's convenient. But in every other day of the year, you don't treat them like they're essential. I don't know. Contradiction. I know. Just throwing that out there. Not trying to be oh, a flag on a t shirt is wrong here. But I think it just brings out human behaviors. And oh, also. Moving past, I was I was thinking about this while I was driving today. I find this interesting, and I think when I, when I say this, you're gonna have an initial immediate instinct of an answer, but then as the more you think about it, you're gonna be like, well, I don't know. Who do you think is more impatient, young people, or? Older people. Now, what you classify as younger, I don't know. I'll I'll just say my. I'll say younger people anywhere from 28 and younger. And when I classify older people, we'll just say 34 and older. 
So there's a six-year gap where no one gives a fuck about you, I guess, in between. No one cares if you're mad or unhappy or impatient or patient. No one gives a fuck because you know what? Whatever. And I was thinking about who is more impatient because when I was driving, I'm not going to lie today. Not today, but it was actually yesterday. I, 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 man, you know, you know, some days you get, you're driving and you just keep on getting behind the worst type of fucking people. Like you get behind the handicap. Like anytime you see the handicap on the tag, you know, you're getting behind. Like you're either getting Speedy McGee or or you're getting grandma got run over by a reindeer. Cause she might actually run over a fucking reindeer if it's just in the middle of the fucking road. Um, (laughs) talk about reverse, reverse, reverse. Um, but you know, you just keep getting behind people that are just doing dumb shit, not paying attention, blah, blah. And it just drives you fucking crazy. And by the way, I saw two people side by side in synchronization. It was scary. Like parallel universe driving with their feet, their left foot hanging out of their window, the driver. Now, of course they were girls. Because I don't think a guy could physically flexibly do that reasonably and be that short to be able to do it. And I don't know why it drove me fucking insane. It was like, get your fucking feet out of the window that's 70 feet away from me. I can smell, I can smell the feet in the air. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh, feet is my weakness. That's why I'm telling you. Hang it in. I can't control myself. Because, you know, imagine some guy with a foot fetish is behind you. And he just can't control himself. Then he rears you with his car on purpose. And then he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's just like, but your feet. Mm. Can I get that number? It's like, yeah, you can get my insurance number and get the fuck going. Um, <laughs> but no, um, like a good neighbor. Oh, your feet was in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> um, Shit, what was I talking about? Oh, um, shows on my feet. <laughs> Somehow I guess I try. Feet driving on the road. God damn. What the fuck was I talking about? Guy, I really need to stop with these tangents. Because this whole podcast is just basically a tangent of failure. Um, yeah, I sign and cosign that. Uh, cosign tangent. I'm just using that to distract to get back on topic. Oh, uh, oh, but yeah, who's more impatient? I think it's older people. Because, like, here's the thing about younger people, right? They, you never see a young person flip their shit when when they're waiting for their double cheeseburger too long. But these old people, man, 
You make you make them wait a few minutes for the fish fillet. You you bring out their whole past. You bring out everything their grandkids ever said to them. You bring out their divorces. You bring out all their job firings. Their inadequacies, their gray hairs. It starts falling out on the counter. Um, <laughs> but it's a fallacy. No, but look, the, the thing is, it, it's a very, it's very, um, it's really based on your perspective because your first instinct would be like, oh, young people, kids, they're so impatient. You know, you, you see like a seven-year-old throw a tantrum, right? Okay, a seven-year-old's impatient. That's what they are. Like, instinct would say the younger you are, you're more patient. The older you get, you're more patient because you're just more mature. But then, you actually see how people act. If you ever... You notice how all, like, the the videos online of these compilations of people losing their shit in public places, it's typically older individuals. It's at least adults. Because I think young young people are actually more afraid and they're more timid because they're so much more aware of the possibility if they lose their shit, how it will go. Now, of course, it's bad apples. But I think older people just don't give a fuck. And that could be good or bad. Because older you get, you know what, you get to the point where you're like, I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't give a fuck if you're having a bad day. Where the fuck is my drink? Like, this is a you problem. Don't take your shit out on me. And you know what? They're probably on to something. Um, we're a younger person. We try to be so... We think we're being so much more empathetic by... No, like, it's okay. I know I've waited 32 minutes for a fucking... You know... My large ice drink that you've ignored... You know, for the past thirty-two minutes, because you did seven on the go orders. No, but it's cool. I'll just, I'll just sit here and fuck myself and get a pizza. Um, it, it really seems like we, we, as younger people, we try to understand too much, but we have no standards. When old people, they don't give a fuck about understanding, <laughs> and they just have uncharacteristic, unwarranted standards. So, it really got me thinking. Are younger people or older people actually more impatient? And I've gone back and forth. I was thinking like, well, one moment I was thinking this, one moment I was thinking that. Because I'm like, yeah, look, I'm impatient about certain things. But I'm also probably too patient about other things that I probably should be more impatient about. I think the thing is when you're younger, you're more impatient about things that really don't matter. And you're too patient on things that you should have more of a set of balls about. Like, look, it's okay, like, if you're waiting for seven minutes on something when it's not busy. But, like, hey, just checking, you know. Um, I, I know sometimes things get lost, but, you know, do you know if, you know, my one fucking milkshake, my one fucking smoothie is, you know, in the process of ever getting made of what you're getting compensated for? Just, just asking for a friend. But then old people, after like three minutes, when things are jam-packed, really just feel like it should be done by now. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like, as younger people, we should be a little bit more like, hey, is uh, is everything all right? You still can be polite about making sure 
things are going okay. But you don't have to be the extreme example of being just okay. Like, don't be the guy that sits there and waits for 35 minutes. And they're just like, hey, yeah, sorry, we were busy. And then you tip them 15 bucks just because you felt bad for waiting for 35 minutes. Like, oh, they must have had a hard day. It's like, yeah, you know what? I've had a hard day too. You know what? I don't make people wait 35 minutes for anything when I have a hard day. All right? Even in between my sets, I don't make people wait 35 minutes to get on the machine. Um, <laughs> but it really got me thinking. And I know I'm going to keep repeating, reiterating the question. Who is truly more impatient? And of course, it's always individualistic, but we're going to master generalize here because, you know, that's what we do. Um, we just make mass assumptions based off, you know, stereotyping and projection. Um, uh and my conclusion is I actually do think older people these days are a lot less patient for most things because they, they've they seen, cause I, and I also think it comes from a genuine place because I don't think necessarily being impatient is the worst quality in the world about certain things. It means like, hey, look, I have a lot of experience in this. This should not be this fucking difficult. This should not take this long. If you go for an oil change, and it's not busy, like there's one or two cars ahead of you, it should not be a three-hour ordeal. It should be like 45 minutes, an hour at most. And that comes from experience. I don't think that's being impatient. That's You have knowledge of what should realistically make sense of what happens. Where like a younger person will be like, oh yeah, I got five hours in a day. I, I got nothing to do. It's all right. You can make me wait three hours to fucking, you know, change a fucking tire, like, you should be able to do that yourself, but, you know, whatever, um, the, I don't think impatience, in the essence, is necessarily the worst thing, obviously, context and all that bullshit, you know, I don't need to explain that, but, just in terms of brute, just flat out, and, like, that entitled impatience, where it's this, like, I got somewhere better to be type of person than everyone else here. Which, by the way, when I was at Quick Trip last night, I got a little midnight snack after, you know, a hard, a hard-earned days at, at, the, at the job. This girl was wearing a crop top, right? I don't even know if that's the correct term. Because it was very loose. And, uh, she, she lifted her arm. She, she was at the front counter. And I think she was wearing one of those, like, uh, well, she was like, I got, how much is that banana smash? Like, whatever, like, stuff like, bitch, like, you order this shit all the time. You don't fucking need that. Act like you don't know what you're getting. She lifted her shirt and just flat out her whole right titty was just hanging out. I'm not even exaggerating one bit. Man, the things you see at this quick trip, I have so many stories from this quick trip. It seems like every third time I go there, some, some weird shit happens. And just flat out. And I'm just looking like... I'm not going to be the weirdo that's staring because I don't like to stare at people even when it's obvious. But I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, that's a nice titty. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I don't think she was really aware. But she probably wasn't not aware, if that makes sense. Like, 
I don't think she lifted the shirt to show her titty, but I also don't think she cared that she showed her titty. Um, and I'm just like, am I see? And I'm I'm looking, I'm kind of looking around like anyone else sees. I think the guy in front of me like noticed, but he was just kind of like looking side to side. And there was it was at the front counter, but in the back session near the fountain drink, there was actually a kids. There was some kids and their mother. And I'm just like, what if the mother just walked up here with this girl's titty? She's like, oh my God, Donovan, don't look at that lady's titty. Um, <laughs> and I was like, ah. it's like, ah, you know, let the kid learn young. Um, he's got to learn to be patient with them titties. Um, <laughs> uh, see, the young, see, it's okay to be patient when you're young. Um, I love the kid. Mom, look, her boobies. Um, but yeah, no. I guess I guess the conclusion is, um, in my opinion, I think younger people are more patient, but not always warranted. And we should be impatient about certain things and have more standards that older people probably do. But older people need to also fucking relax. Like, just because you're an older person in society doesn't mean you should be held to a higher standard when you go to places either. So I think both could deter either way in a better direction. But there's only one way to, you know, get there. And that's by living long enough to become an old, bitter, impatient fuck. Uh, And thanks for your patience for listening to episode 157 of the Off Me podcast. I'm your host, Clint Nelson, and I shit, I forgot to say the tagline at the beginning. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and like the girl at the Quick Trip counter. Let me see and suck some titties. Um, but yeah. Alright, guys. Hope you enjoyed the pod. Hopefully, uh, start getting back on track recording these more. And, uh, so, uh, whenever this is posted, hopefully sometime Sunday. Uh, but yeah. Have a great day.